This Podcast Movement 2022 audio session is brought to you by Supporting Cast, the best way to sell and deliver exclusive podcasts. And special thanks to PM22 Virtual Ticket Presenting Sponsor, Amazon Music. Hello, hello. Welcome, everybody. My name is Josephine Karianjahi. I am co-founder at Africa Podfest. I'd like to invite you, if you are right here, to just move a little bit closer so we can get a little bit of a family feel, a little bit of an Africa Podfest community feel. Thank you so much. I'd like to give a warm welcome to everybody who's joining us virtually from around the world. Welcome. Thank you for spending your time with us. Um, thank you for spending uh, your time at Podcast Movement. And of course, a big, big, big thank you to everyone who's made this possible. So my name is Josephine, as I mentioned, and some of you here are podcast creators, others are playing various roles in the podcast scene. So I will be speaking to you, assuming that you've kind of a sense of who your podcast listeners are from whatever perspective you're coming and that you want to expand your podcast audience into the African market. And I think that's a pretty accurate assumption. So let's get started. So here, today's... Today's uh, session is brought to you by Africa Podfest, and I am here because we are keen to share audience and ecosystem research from across Africa. And to get us started, we've been doing this research since 2019. We have been doing audience surveys. We've been doing a little bit more in-depth look at who's listening to podcasts, what time are they listening to podcasts, and much more information. So this is the first year we've had a chance to do a pan-African look. So we've examined Kenya, Nigeria, and South Africa. And so it's really exciting to share with you what we've done so far. And you'll get to see a few of the faces who made this possible. Um, if you are taking notes, uh, that's great. Grab your pen and paper. If you like to tweet, um, or add us on any platform that's at Africa Podfest everywhere. You want to share a photo? We love it as well. And let's go. So our journey started with the discovery tour of African podcast hubs in 2021. And we've been mapping out the present and future of African podcast storytelling. Our research presentation today, I bring the greetings of my co-founder, Melissa Mvogwa, who's based in Nairobi, Kenya, who couldn't be with us today. I have been working in the podcast space all the way since 2018 when I thought to myself, what a great idea to start a podcast. So like many of you, I picked up my phone and a set of headphones and quickly realized that creating great audio takes a little bit more than one woman and one mic. And so I joined up together with my co-founders at Africa Podfest, including Melissa Mbogwa, and we've been thinking through some of the ways that we can expand the African podcast ecosystem. This research team is sending their love from Nairobi and other parts of Africa. We partnered with Baraza Media Lab, who I'll talk about in a little bit more detail. So it's myself, Josephine, and Melissa, who are at Africa Podfest. The middle row is uh, Morris, Vanessa, and Lisa from Baraza Media Lab, among many others who are at the team there. And then we had a host of amazing researchers who brought their expertise from a qualitative perspective, a quantitative perspective. And who you can't see is the many academic researchers who shared their academic research, um, their paper their publications, their insights, uh, invited us to their forums, allowed us to speak with them, who uh, we couldn't include all of them on this one slide. 
So what's our vision? So we want to make sure that the African podcast ecosystem is fully developed. Where we are at now is that a lot of creators have already invested a lot of their time and effort to create the initial steps of what we know will be a rich podcast ecosystem. So the next step is actually building the financial strength to really build an inclusive and sustainable African podcast ecosystem. And what we do is center underrepresented voices like women and folks who come from a minority background. We do research on African podcasting together with partners who are also invested in podcasting in Africa and media in Africa overall. And we also want to make podcasts more discoverable. So if you go on our website, www.podcasting.africa, you'll find a database of over 400 African podcasts from Africa and the African diaspora who want to be discovered, who want you to explore their content, and who want you to know which country they're repping. So you can go there and then jump off to their websites, to the podcast platforms they're hosted on. And I say their websites as well because some platforms, um, some podcasters are platformed in spaces that are purely social spaces for the rest of us, but for their podcast, they've created audio in those social spaces. That's why I, I want us to create that distinction early. And so the most important day of the year for us at Africa Podfest, where we celebrate African podcasters, is Africa Podcast Day. And that's on the 12th of February every year. So just make a note, 12th of February. We'll get back to it in the Q&A. We'll talk a little bit more about it. And so Baraza Media Lab have really been creating a space for media creators to incubate projects. They've been super supportive of us. They've created a massive, amazing, and inclusive space in Nairobi, Kenya that we've used and many other organizations have used as a jump off to really explore projects in the traditional media space, the new media space, and also to kind of reinvent what we know about media in Africa. And so they uh, took the leap with us to create not just Kenya-specific content, but content that stretches across uh, Kenya, Nigeria, and South Africa. So they're really interested in strengthening the media ecosystem, which is very important because across Africa, uh, many of you know there are significant threats to press freedom that we can't ignore and that are becoming a part of the podcast ecosystem and space. And so you'll find that many of the journalists and media professionals who come from a traditional background and are crossing over into podcasting have connected with us through Baraza Media Lab. But beyond that, it's really an innovative space. And they send their greetings to all of you and hope that you'll have a chance to explore more of what they're working on. So Baraza Media Lab offers a host of programs throughout the year. I welcome you to uh, explore what that looks like at www.barazalab.com. And research at Baraza has expanded to include new media as well as traditional media across Africa. So we really thank them for their participation in this project. So why podcasting in Africa? For Baraza and for us, there's a real opportunity to explore the growing um, media ecosystem overall, but specifically the growing podcast space. And so we hope that together with Baraza, together with Africa Podfest, AfriPod, Semabox, and so many other media players who are in the space, we can also expand the definition of who is producing and who gets heard across Africa. So what are we doing here today? We're going to kind of look at what's an extensive report. It's about 
overall about 120 pages, but we're going to really try and capture the highlights. And so if you don't get everything uh, right on the first take, I hope that you'll have a chance to explore it a little bit later. So we'll build on existing evidence of the rapid growth of podcasting. We'll expand on existing research, and we will look at what could inspire um, existing and you know, maybe upcoming podcasters to explore what looks, what looks feasible, what's doable, and what are some practical things you can do to explore the African podcast ecosystem. Are we together? Give me a thumbs up. Our virtual folks, thank you so much. Um, and so from our previous research from 2019 to 2021, we found that podcasters are motivated by some of the same factors we all are here. So a real desire to build community and understand who's listening to their podcast and why. Um, thinking about uh, space for creative autonomy and experimentation, just really changing the ways that we listen to audio. And many of us grew up with radio as the main medium, and it's very um, set according to a clock. So going beyond clocks and schedules to really create that additional discipline and really explore what you can do as a creative. Having a space to have your voice heard, a lot of podcasters wouldn't necessarily get through the door of traditional media houses, and so this has become a space for them. We've also found that opportunities exist for podcasters to go beyond the borders of their actual countries. We have a friend who podcasts from Zimbabwe, and the first time he got on a plane was because somebody listened to his podcast and invited him to a conference in South Africa. And so he said, I never thought that podcasting would literally lift me off my feet on a plane and go to a country that I've never visited before, even though it's next door. And that's one example of what can be in the podcast space that we found from just talking to podcasters and developing these long-term relationships. Like many of you, they faced a lot of infrastructure barriers. One is the cost and accessibility of equipment. Um, many, uh, many of them don't necessarily know what to buy. So if you have a budget to buy podcast equipment, you'd buy what's next to you and not necessarily what's right for you. And many of you are nodding your heads. That's, that's the experience for many of our African podcast community as well. So the high demands of time, effort, and resources that podcasting demands, hello, editing, hello, um, you know, connecting with your audience, and also uh, lack of ready opportunities for monetization. So some of you are very familiar with the Patreon model. Uh, we also have a Ko-fi page and other, um, other ways of monetizing. But this isn't really a muscle that people have uh, experienced to a large extent as podcasting has started to grow. We'll, we'll see some examples of that. And so our study was looking at really you know, the, the narrower focus of what is sustainable and how can we really gain some insights that will help us make those decisions around podcasting in Africa and how do we move closer to having a more sustainable podcast ecosystem. So market demand, will people actually listen? The regulatory environment or lack thereof. Uh, technology access, which is a big factor, and also what business models and growth support do exist or can exist for the African podcast ecosystem. So we looked at three main research questions. We wanted to know what are the models for sustainability and whether they've contributed to the growth of podcasting in Kenya, Nigeria, and South Africa. We also looked at the opportunities for income generation and wanted to make sure that what we were talking about was actually what was happening. And then we looked at what are the behaviors, you know, demographic, 
um, and other characteristics that make an African podcast audience what it is. So our study design really drew from the expertise of the folks you saw on our previous slides. Basically, we did a two-pronged approach, having both the qualitative and the quantitative aspects of our research included. We wanted to make sure that we had a survey, we wanted to make sure that we had enough time to go through the desk research, and also we did do in-depth interviews where we requested uh, podcast players who either work in the production side and other technical aspects from the independent producer side and also from the community building side to give us their candid insights on what's happening. So we interviewed um, and we created a space where they could share their insights uninterrupted. We did de-identify them so that they could share more candidly, but we do have, we can reach them you know, where needed to kind of clarify on their findings. And also we selected literature that was published in the global podcasting space. Um, those who've been publishing about black podcasting and also those who've been publishing about African podcasting. We also looked at uh, some of the earliest papers on podcasting and tried to make sure that we understood what was known about podcasting before we jumped into you know, what we thought was happening and what we were observing. And so we received about 300 responses, 370 responses against the target of 422 uh, that we selected. And so we wanted to make sure that our sample size was statistically significant. We looked at all the urban areas where podcasts are being developed and kind of tried to derive a number that would allow us to create some meaningful insights. So when we're done, you will be able to kind of get a huge sense of what the podcast report looked like. But meanwhile, we're going to talk about what those characteristics are of African audiences. And so, our key findings, coming from the literature review, is for those of you who are creating digital content, focusing on Kenya, South Africa, and Nigeria, you'll want to discover a little bit about what the market demand looks like. And many of you might have also seen on the back end that some of your listeners are coming from these countries, but really don't have a sense of why. And here's, here are some of the examples. So, there are two perspectives to understand consumer um, behavior around digital and audiovisual content. So there's a rise in consumer spending across Africa, and so there's a lot of countries that you know, have exhibited this through a whole other set of economic data. Um, and African audience habits are also shifting as a result. And so where you would have had perhaps shared media devices, there's been a sense of people creating their own media, choosing to feature themselves on audiovisual content, and this tracks with some of what you're experiencing in your regions. So the impact of COVID-19 cannot be underestimated. We haven't left the pandemic, and so digital concept, um, digital content consumption increased a lot when people were home as a result of lockdowns. Uh, people people's jobs shifted or were eliminated. And this kind of feels like as a moment where people discovered what podcasting is. And we started to have people answer the question of what is podcasting. And podcasters really want to make sure that they continue the idea of representing the true African stories and everyday experiences of being African. So in as much detail as you can get you know, about growing up in, if I grew up in Nairobi, in Nairobi city, in the south of the city, this particular block where you can hear these four things every day. So they really wanted to create 
really um, clear pictures of what's happening across the African podcast space beyond the media. And so um, one of the things that we wanted to emphasize here is that we did find a lot of people using podcasts for cultural expression and heritage preservation. So they really wanted to use podcasting as a space to understand their own culture, but also the cultures of everybody else who is listening to their podcasts and to have a way to exchange ideas in a way that was meaningful. So the second aspect was exploring what the regulatory environment of digital content in these three countries looks like. Um, the question of uh, whether there should be people who, you know, should we have any regulations at all? Um, we chose to explore the question of should any um, regulatory support create frameworks to support podcasters and how should it happen? And are there any um, existing frameworks of cultural policy support that would allow podcasters to kind of learn? So for example, um, you know, inter-regional cooperation agreements allowing content creators in Nigeria to share with content creators in South Africa. Um, are there, um, there's a new all-African cross-border trade agreement called uh, the African Continental Free Trade Area that allows a lot of exchange of goods and ideas across different borders in a way that people can allow, um, people, can get pay, people can get paid for their services, they can trade in services across the world. And also, we wanted to make sure that we understood what lessons have there been from existing frameworks. So the EU has been really strong um, in developing a lot of cross-country funding streams that support the arts and the creative industry and those are starting to trickle into the podcast space because of those crossovers. We also looked at uh, whether there were any supportive frameworks to guide the relationship between podcast publishers and technology platforms, whether there was uh, policies to kind of support expanded capacity, investment, and expertise. So for example, uh, in each country, whether there were regulations around um, the ease of doing business that would allow podcasters to actually register and stabilize their businesses, and also um, just continuing to build on those frameworks from the audiovisual experience. So the third aspect was looking at uh, exploring the innovation capacity and support for podcast producers. And in this, the literature showed us that Africa's opportunity goes beyond what's actually available to us. So a lot of what, um, you know, and I've met one, at least one uh, content producer from Africa who said, the equipment we have here is the exact equipment we have in our own studio. So what's, what, what would make a difference? How would, how would we cross over? And that's what we found, that the platforms exist in many of the same formats that you experience them in your countries, but there is an, you know, there, the opportunity in Africa is actually thinking through how you're developing a digital strategy here and understanding that it crosses all the way around the world and thinking through how people use their digital platforms in those countries. But also thinking about, you know, learning from where we've come from. So Africa and radio are synergetic. Africa Podcast Day and World Radio Day are like side by side. So it's not... It's not without kind of a little bit of logic to see how we would learn from the ways that people kind of identify podcasts with, oh, radio that I can carry around and kind of building around that concept when you're thinking about programming for African audiences. There's also a space for incubators and there's been a lot of in co-creation incubation spaces, spaces growing across Africa in the last few years. And so there is an opportunity there to create um, much more uh, 
offerings for podcasters. And finally, in terms of funding, nonprofit organizations have taken the lead by creating pools of money from their existing funds that some podcasters are applying for and creating into their streams. So let's get into the numbers and some of what uh, we've found. Uh, and I will be looking broadly at the demographic characteristics, behaviors, and demands of podcast audiences specifically. So what are you looking at here? Um, we looked in South Africa at Johannesburg, Cape Town, and Pretoria. In Nigeria, we looked at Lagos, Abuja, and Port Harcourt. Port Harcourt excuse me. And then in Kenya, we looked at Nairobi, Mombasa, and Thika as uh, the cities and towns that kind of had a cluster of um, respondents that we found. We also looked at the overall age and gender, and we looked at, and we had respondents who identified as non-binary, male and female across the continent. The largest group, as you can expect, is reflective of Africa's young age, and that's between the ages of 24 and 30. And we did find a significant portion of those who responded are female or female podcast creators. The, we looked at the ideal podcast duration. We've thought that it was 25 minutes in each country, but we found that overall, and you look, um, and for those of you who are virtual, you'll get a little bit of a closer view at this. Uh, we found that it, overall, um, most of the longest podcasts, you know, were concentrated, you know, the preference for longer podcasts was concentrated in South Africa, and then in Kenya, maybe a little bit shorter, and then in Nigeria, it was between 20 and then 40. So it, was, it wasn't so clear how long a podcast should be, but the answer seemed to be not too long. And so that's something to really consider. Uh, for those of you who host your podcasts on various platforms, you'd be interested to know that while there are large platforms, global platforms that do hold market share, there are growing platforms like Afripods that have taken quite a significant you know, initial step into the African podcast market. So when you're uh, putting your podcasts on African podcast platforms, it's good to kind of think through some of these responses. And we've made them available on our website, uh, podcasting.africa. So do podcasters in Africa get financial support? We were really interested to find out. Um, and some, <clears throat> actually, the, the resounding support for people was that, yes, I would support a podcaster financially. Um, and then that, was, that tracked in was the same across Kenya, Nigeria, and South Africa. Um, we asked people what podcast category they listened to the most. And that's the graph that you'll see uh, on the right-hand side of the screen, maybe my left side. Um, and so there was a significant portion of international podcasts. That's all of you all. And some of what we found is that in as much as people are listening to international podcasts, they are, we were really interested in finding out, are they listening to podcasts from other African countries? And so if you look at um, the yellow bar, the yellow bar represents whether you're listening to podcasts from your own country, which was a significant portion of the folks who we talked to, except in South Africa, where there was a big difference between whether people were listening to more international podcasts or podcasts from their own country. Um, the smallest percentage is, in, in the little blue dot, was whether people are listening to podcasts from, from uh, another African country. So were they aware of them? Were they listening to them? And so what this, for me, brings to you all is this sense that you should be thinking through yourselves as international podcasters and thinking beyond the borders of where you can connect with your listenership. Okay, so do people still listen to podcasts the way they listen to radio? We asked people whether they listen to podcasts as a communal activity. So they said 
Well, not really. They were they really were taking their individual headphones, individual time, individual schedule, and this tracks with what we're seeing on a global level as well. Um, for those of you who haven't experienced what uh, the favorite podcasts in the different countries are, uh, we asked people what their favorite podcast was, and the top responses were Legally Clueless, uh, The Mics Are Open, Sambaza, TMI Podcast, and Nipe Story. And this is a wide cross-section of the types of podcasts that we've found people resonate with. In Nigeria, uh, there's a podcast called I Said What I Said, and people really, really listen to this podcast. It's one of the most popular podcasts across. And so it's, it's, it features twice as I, I Said What I Said and ISWIS. And so people just kept responding. And, um, and, and one of the things that I would like you to consider is that people do respond to what you say your podcast is. What's the name of your podcast? What are the hashtags around your podcast? And so um, in South Africa as well, uh, true crime as a major theme, uh, we also had the Africa Tech Roundup and just informational podcasts really featuring quite prominently. Okay, so in our in-depth interviews, we really want to appreciate some of those who are joining virtually who did those individual interviews. Um, and they wanted to talk about the opportunities for financial, financial, financial integration of some of their activities and also their audience numbers and the opportunities for growth and scaling. So we found that, you know, overall, um, established podcasts like those these creators were working on were able to generate an income through to some extent, paywall or Patreon models, if they're in markets where you know, the consumers were really used to this. There were also a few commercial um, support partnerships and sponsorships of specific content. Um, and also, there was some of, uh, quite a bit of uh, self-supported work. So they have a full-time job and also are creating a very lean teams. And that that's what tracks with, with our production as well, just taking on additional support only when you need it, signing up for platforms only when you need it to make sure that your production costs are as lean as possible. So some of the barriers that inhibited, we found inhibited podcasters' ability to monetize or earn money from their podcasts. In South Africa, there's still quite a bit of skepticism about the value of podcasts, the ROI on ad spend. And so this continues to be a huge topic for creating understanding. And some of you are really experts in this area, and it's an opportunity to help people understand that. In Kenya, the top, the top reason that we identified was um, that was a barrier is that there still is a lack of understanding on the investor perspective on what podcasting actually brings. And so we have a lot of um, people who might have a pot of money that they want to put towards a podcast, but don't really have a, a, you know, a very comprehensive understanding of what the product is, what the service is, what does it actually involve. Um, and so what we also found in Nigeria as a top reason, there are restrictions um, on creative freedoms from partnerships and from brands. So people had brands coming to them and saying, well, I really want you to do a specific, very specific set of things. Um, and it mimicked what was happening in the ad world and other spaces as well. So I, will, I won't go into the other examples just to give us a little bit more time. Um, but we, will, we can come back to this um, at the, as part of our Q&A. So the other thing that they, we looked at was how do audience numbers and audiences influence um, income generation and sustainable growth. So there's a lot of text on the screen, so bear with me. But the key point to take away from this is that generally um, audience building continues to be a challenge for a lot of podcasters. And understanding 
how audience numbers track and being able to translate those findings to people who potentially want to invest in their podcasts continues to be something that podcasters are growing into. And in Kenya, um, there are a lot of people who found that, um, you know, as part of their work in podcasting, um, they, they know that premium subscription models pay, but getting, you know, doing the legwork to really get the audience behind that subscription model continues to be an ongoing task. And <clears throat> a lot of the producers we talked to said, uh, well, focusing on numbers can, you know, it's very discouraging. Let's just focus. They would rather pay attention to the impact of the podcast. And so um, we spoke uh, recently on our, one of our podcasts to uh, one of the judges at the African Podcast and VoiceOver Artist Awards. And they said a lot of people are really interested in advocacy and social change podcasts because they do have that impact, that ability to carry messaging. And so we would think um, probably there's lots of opportunities for growth and scaling up within the podcast industry. I love that we've identified so many rich reasons for um, investing in podcasting in South Africa, in Kenya, and Nigeria. And so for the, this is a slide that helps me kind of speak to those of you who are on the media company perspective. Um, in South Africa, there, there was really a point about um, relying on research on African podcasting to guide podcast production. And so we are hopefully going to be able to continue some of that, and we're looking for folks who want to partner in that space. Um, in Kenya, there was a strong need for business uh, networks and partnership um, around the business of podcasting um, as a way of growing um, the podcast scene. And also in Nigeria, there was a real need to explore new opportunities and themes. And on a note that came up quite often, folks are looking for uh, learning between existing sectors, like the Nigerian film industry has um, at least had a, a, a huge role in the development of a, a talent pool, because a lot of the podcasters have that experience of um, what does the Nigerian sound look like and sound like from an audiovisual perspective. And now we've had people develop Twitter spaces on how audio dramas can learn from Nollywood um, and topics like those. So because we do have access to these Twitter spaces, and many of you also follow some creators from these countries, there's an opportunity there to learn what, what could give your podcast an edge. So in summary, uh, and in our recommendations as well, we want you to think about three key things. The same way you're thinking about your podcast sustainability in your market, how has the way that you've thought about monetizing your podcast contributed to the growth of podcasting in your market? And think about that for different countries. What are the opportunities for income generation that um, that have led to your podcast growing in a sustainable way? And then, what are some of the behaviors and demographic characteristics of some of your audiences? And we hope that this report and the associated content around this will help you make some decisions about the African podcast ecosystem. So we've answered these questions in part. Definitely think through some of the paywall models that you're using if you're going to reach the African market. Um, think about commercial partnerships and sponsorships. There's many of you who've uh, talked to us about um, resources that could be cross-continental. And also thinking about 
what your self-sourcing and resourcing model has been like and think through some of the ways that partnerships um, can create um, a little bit more sustainability across um, across with Africa. And so there's at least one podcast I know that really um, has taken the model of their podcast to South Africa, for example, and had a South African host continue the work of this podcast specifically. So just thinking through how to localize and also exploring business mentorships and networks that would connect you with creators in another market that you're trying to reach. There's also an opportunity for collaboration with other audio platforms, and especially because like today we do have a number of Africa-focused platforms in the audience and here at um, Africa um, Podcast you know, in the African podcast space that we're in right now. Um, please do look out for them after this and at related events. And tomorrow, um, there'll be another session on the, more about the African podcast space. There's also a real, real kind of similarity between how podcasting has grown and how it will continue to grow because a lot of uh, podcasters in your market are from urban areas. So think through kind of what you're learning about um, the cities that are popping up on your audience feeds, you know, what's happening in those cities, what are some of the topics that are really relevant to those areas. Um, I spoke to a gentleman earlier here who said that um, his podcast, which features very prominent um, faith leaders, is popular in Nigeria because a lot of people are really interested in that topic. And so while the topic of his podcast is really US focused, the listenership is very global. So you can track some of those same findings. So in sum, we've had a chance to really examine in a little bit of detail how we can build a common understanding of what unites us and what separates us as an African podcast audience. And we hope that you have a little bit more evidence in terms of what you can do for an African podcast audience and how you can start to explore what the African podcast ecosystem looks like. And of course, we hope that this creates hope that if you feel like your market has kind of reached its upper end, there is an opportunity to develop an understanding of another market. And we hope that you will take that interest and develop a strategy specifically for Africa in your research, um, in your use of different tools, um, if you have resources that you think should be made available across the continent. And we hope that we'll continue this conversation today and when we go home. So right now, I will continue to the recommendations, and then we'll have a couple of minutes for questions and answers. So we hope that there will be more research and experimentation. Um, we hope that people will be a little bit, um, you know, will take a few more chances to explore what happens country to country across Africa. Um, we hope that, you know, we know that there's a need to provide growth support to podcasters. So those of you who do have access to skills and expertise that can upskill the existing podcasters. Um, I think that's a really great exchange opportunity. And we found that the data supports um, and the analysis supports that assumption. And then finally, we hope that there will be stronger learning connections. I think Africa PodFest has continued to create an atmosphere of continuous learning, which I think every podcaster should be doing. And so uh, between podcasters and commercial stakeholders, so in particular, if you have the ear of somebody who's trying to make um, media investments in, uh, in the African podcast market, definitely do connect and continue to share your insights. 
So I'd like to thank you for um, walking with me through what has been an interesting year and re year in review of some of the research across Africa. You can share your insights uh, right now on at Africa Podfest, and we will be sure to tag everybody, including Baraza, Baraza Lab. Um, and you can reach out to us directly on email. Um, it's a hello email, and you're saying hello to me uh, or to my co-founder. So it's you know, as many of you know, we are we are the front of house, and we are behind the house, and we are the side. And podcasters do it all, really. So I'm going to open it up to a couple of questions, um, and we have a little bit of time. Thank you. Yes, to the gentleman at the front. Hi, Josephine. Thank you so much. Um, I work at the Brookings Institution, a think tank in DC. We have a show called Foresight Africa, which I believe you were on recently. Um, so we are on all the platforms like Spotify and Apple and Google. Uh, would you recommend getting on Afropods if we want to expand more, or is it such a small thing that it doesn't really matter too much? Um, I think if you're doing a podcast about Africa, you should definitely be on Afropods. You should be on Jamit. You should definitely be looking for two to three um, very strong, um, growing platforms across the continent because they're really curating with Africa in mind. Um, but not just curating with Africa in mind, they're building community, they're doing events, they're doing a lot of gathering around um, podcasting in a way that you know, would really make sense for your podcast. Um, and please pass my regards to your entire team. Um, glad to be part of that um, podcast season one. Thank you. This is an incredible report. I have two questions. The first one is what type of support does Africa Podfest need? And what do you imagine Africa Podfest looking like in the future? Thank you. Um, so Africa Podfest has grown in such a short period of time. So we started off with Africa Podcast Day and the festival. So we're definitely looking for folks who want to be involved um, and connected across the continent. Uh, the number one question I've heard being asked is, so if we meet in one country, where can we meet African podcasters from other countries. And so Africa Podcast Day is an opportunity to do that. Um, the other area is that this research kind of touches the very surface of podcasting uh, across Africa. And so if you have an opportunity um, to create a partnership, for example, with Africa Podfest, with Barza, with uh, Afripods, with all the platforms that are coming up, then kind of explore what that looks like. Um, specifically. And the third point is literally to kind of think through the pricing for African podcasters. So we will always, always ask people, what, can you, what, what makes sense for you in terms of the products and services that, you, that are available in the podcast market? And people always say, can I get a deep enough discount for like a year? then I can test out that product. So we do want to continue advocating uh, for podcasters. And we'd love to see a couple of you know, folks who say, let us know how we can help you with, uh, let us know what we can do for our Africa strategy. And so we're really great at doing that. We want to do that, we want to partner with you. Um, and also have a great time exploring the different African podcast hubs. So thank you. I'm if you have time for one more question. Yeah, Just, uh, if you could wait for the mic. Yep. Thank you. Uh, thank you for this presentation. My question is, is around, uh, you mentioned a little bit about that the international audience from Kenya, South Africa, you know, is really looking at, at 
in like global uh, global shows. And so I was curious if those global shows are they more focused? Do they have like South African hosts, or is the content focused on like Nigerian culture, or what is it about the international shows that you think is really interesting to the African market? I know that's a big, broad. Uh, thought, but is there anything in particular that, that you find is really compelling for a person from the United States that is, you know, that really connects with the, with the Kenyan mm -hmm. or the South African audience? Right. Um, I think these are real, so we've, we've explored this in some of our previous research. Uh, people are really looking for topics that aren't, you know, that are generally the, the expertise concentrated here. I asked uh, one of the podcasters, what do you want to listen to? They said, I really want a niche podcast about neuroscience. And so I'll go to a neuroscience topic. I really want um, a niche podcast about um, cooking in the South because I'm really interested in that. I've been seeing that as a theme. Um, I'm really interested in travel across the US, and I want someone who's really able to tell that story and be curious um, and kind of explore what that looks like from a global perspective. And so if you're thinking what would work, it's the same advice we give to the podcasters we interact with. We want to know you. We want to have a really authentic experience of your podcast and your messaging. And if there's a niche area, a topic that you're really passionate about, we want to hear about that. Um, but also, there's lots of virtual events. Um, we will continue to do virtual events because they are one way for people across Africa to meet. But we found that that's how a lot of our global audience have understood their Africa audience. And so um, look out for African podcasting events. Um, sign up for Twitter spaces. Listen in uh, past hours if they're not in your same time zone. And kind of hear from from the creators themselves um, and audiences themselves saying, I really listen to this podcast because, you know, da da da, you know, the, you know fill in the blanks. That being said, um, there is a role for us in terms of misinformation. And a lot of the podcasts that are spreading misinformation in your market are spreading the same misinformation in our markets. And so the harm being done, uh, we, we wouldn't know for a long time, you know, because some of these podcasts haven't yet been escorted to the door, uh, but we will rely on folks like you who do have, um, you know, people, representatives, you know, who can say, hey, you know, like in, in our media lobby group, we're not going to have this anymore. We're not having this in our podcast space. And so having that um, voice and that um, space to really talk about what misinformation looks like can, can be a way that we connect the dots across the world. Okay. That's great. Thank you. Um, we actually have time for one more. Do we have one more question? Okay, great. Hello, thank you for the presentation. Um, my question is about how um, folks in Africa are holding ownership of the data that you collected. Because I think that's like really important given the, the colonial history, right? And, I, right? and I understand the need for partnerships internationally and whatnot, but. Yeah. How are you all maybe working with universities to have centers for the study of media and podcasting in, you know, across the continent and whatnot? Uh, that's a really great question. Um, one of the things that we've done in terms of data and security is really understanding and being able to understand what happens when people give you their data. Um, 
we don't take anybody's RSS feed. So if people post their um, podcasts on our database, they upload what they want to upload and how they want to be contacted, if they want to be contacted onto the platform. They still own their IP. They still Our partnerships acknowledge the IP owned by each of the different podcasters. And we have express agreements about that. And we also encourage podcasters to develop business agreements that make sense for them so that they're not in a position where they'll develop a great partnership, but we'll never ever see it come to light because it's behind you know, a corporate wall somewhere and they didn't have a chance to negotiate that. Uh, that being said, you know, having that information out there is um, it's a priority for us and it's something that we keep asking um, corporations, companies, firms and organizations to do. So we've taken the step of sharing our data uh, and analysis. We are asking folks to partner with us to continue to make that info available and not to necessarily have only people saying, yeah, that makes sense for me um, because I've seen it in our company, you know, to some extent and not sharing what that looks like. So there is, there is a role for us to continue, you know, on the advocacy side, but we are really, really interested in making sure that podcasters know what they need uh, from a legal perspective, from a business perspective, and that we support um, governments and other organizations across Africa who are working on the policy side to understand what podcasters need and to create those opportunities as well. Great. Thank you so much. That ends the presentation for this session. Thank you, Josephine. That was great. If anyone wants to meet her, you are welcome to do so at the side of the stage.